Well, good morning, Orchard. Take out your Bibles this morning, your mobile devices. Turn to the book of Haggai. It is in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. If you go to the last book of your Old Testament, which is Malachi, and go a couple of books to the left to Haggai, that's where we'll be in just a few minutes. Haggai chapter 1 this morning as we're continuing our series called The Elephant in the Room. What is the elephant in the room? The elephant in the room is that awkward thing uh, that everyone notices but no one wants to address, no one wants to talk about, but maybe they should. Uh, Like, for instance... What team was that that showed up representing the Broncos last Sunday night? I mean, what? Hopefully, they changed some things for this week. We're going to get a new team. That's kind of the elephant in the room, you know. Or, or maybe this. This is kind of how my mind thinks. So work with me. We, one of our values here at Orchard Church is we keep it real. I'm like, what's the elephant in the room? You're maybe at a restaurant or something, and, and you know, a lady comes walking out of the bathroom and she's dragging toilet paper on on her back of her, you know, foot, and, and it's like the elephant in the room, and nobody wants to tell her. Somebody just tell her, you know. Or the guy that you know forgets to zip his zipper, right? You know, it's kind of the elephant in the room. If that ever happens with Pastor Doug, please just tell me. I do two things backstage. Right before I come on, I double check my mic and my zipper every week. Okay, this is one reason why I wear an untucked shirt. If I ever forget, somebody please just point it out and tell me so we can, you know, get on because you won't listen to anything that I have to say uh, the rest of the service. And, And I was thinking about the elephant in the room in our family, in the Dameron family. And, and, and if I'm keeping it real, and some of you can relate to this, I know you can, uh, the elephant in the room would usually show up when we were traveling with our kids, the four of us would be in the car, maybe we're on vacation, and the elephant in the room would show up as a question from my wife, Shelly, and she'd turn and she'd look around and she'd go, who did that? You know what I'm talking about, right? And she's like addressing the elephant in the room. And then the little boy in me, somehow, I just can't help it, comes out and I start saying things like, well, a smeller's the feller. You know, if you smelt it, you dealt it. Denier's the supplier. The one who points it out, pushed it out. I just, I can't help it. That's about the time that my wife looks at me and says, what are we in middle school? Grow up and roll down the window. So the elephant in the room. Hey, listen, I'm going to have fun up here with or without you guys today, okay? So it's okay to, we believe at Orchard, it's okay to have fun. Amen? All right, good. Well, the elephant in the room we've been talking about here at Orchard the last couple of weeks is finances and money. And we've mainly been focusing on finances personally the last two weeks. This week, we're going to focus on finances more corporately as a church. Because the elephant in the room and the reality is this, that we are going from renters as a church for 12 years to owners as a church because we're getting ready to move into that building next door. Anybody excited about that? And so I know what some of you are thinking, so of course we're talking about money, and of course we're talking about giving. we got to pay for this building. But I love what Pastor Ryan said last week, our executive pastor. He brought the message. This is not about desperation. This is about determination, uh, that we're determined to help you get out of debt, and we want to be debt-free a- as a church. We don't want to just be in debt and be uh, the, because the borrower uh, is servant to the lender. And so God has a financial plan that's a win-win. Uh, for all of us personally and for us as a church corporately. And I'm excited to talk to you guys uh, about this today. Let me ask this by a show of hands. How many of you would say today you're blessed? Would you raise your hand? You say, I-, I feel like I'm blessed. Okay, put them down. Let me ask this question and be honest. How many of you would say, I would like to be more blessed? Would that be okay? All right, more blessed. Well, I'm going to tell you today what the Bible says, how we can be more blessed. In Acts chapter 20, verse 35, we'll just put it on the screen for you. Watch this. You should remember the words of who? the Lord Jesus. This is what Jesus said. It is what? Help me, church. More blessed to give than to receive. 
That's what Jesus said. We're blessed, but if you want to be more blessed, it's more blessed to do what, church? To give than to receive. And because we believe that here at church and we've been blessed to be a blessing, even though we're talking about giving and tithing and those things today, um, if you're here today and you're 21 years of age or older and you have a legitimate need in your life for food, shelter, or clothing, when the offering bucket goes by, if there's any loose cash in there that would meet one of your needs, instead of putting something in, we're going to invite you to take something out. Because we believe here at Orchard Church, it's more blessed to give than receive. Amen? And so that, that's what we're talking about today. Now, I understand that when we start talking about money, people get funny. People get nervous. You get nervous. Some of y'all are wiggling right now. Oh, no. This is about tithing. This is about giving. This is about finances. I get nervous as well as your pastor. I love you guys. I want to encourage you guys. And, and it's, it's a tough subject to talk about when you talk about finances. And if I could just take a moment and share my heart. When we first started Orchard 12 years ago, I went about four years, and I never talked about tithing. I never talked about giving. I didn't want to be one of those pastors. I didn't want to be one of those churches that talks about money. And then then what I realized was people had a lot of questions about money and giving, and there's answers in the Bible to these questions. And, and I started getting convicted that if I don't share what the Bible says about this subject, I'm robbing you guys of a blessing. I'm robbing you of being more blessed because Jesus said it's more blessed to give than receive. And I don't want to rob you of a blessing. And that's my heart on this. And let me also say this. If you're a first-time guest today, we are so thrilled that you're here uh, with us at Orchard Church. And I'm sorry that you landed here first time on Tithing and Giving Day. And if you invited somebody. But I, I think we can still be a, a blessing to you guys today. We're, we're glad that you're here. But I, I, I don't want to make assumptions. I want to show you what the Bible says about this subject. And this is the heart of our leadership team here at Orchard Church. You have it in your notes this way. Giving is not about what we want from you, but for you. Amen? Giving is not about what we want from you, but what we want for you. We want you to be more blessed. And in order to be more blessed, you have to be blessable. I believe God wants to bless us. We, he is our Heavenly Father. We are His kids. And He wants to bless us, but we have to be blessable. And, and I think one of the reasons we get nervous in church to talk about money and finances and giving is because if we're honest, too many churches and pastors have abused this subject, if we're honest. And let me give you three wrong ways to talk about giving. And they're not in your notes, but maybe you can jot them down on the side. On the side. This is not how we're going to approach this. One wrong way to talk about giving is, an, is a guilt angle, what I would call the guilt angle. In other words, give or else. Uh, if you don't give, you're going to be punished. Bad things are going to happen to you. And all that does is discourage us, demoralize us, and kind of beats us up. We don't want to do that. We don't want anybody to feel guilty. We're not trying to put shame on anybody. Uh, I've even heard pastors you know, almost uh, give us a hard time for living America and being blessed. You know, I, I believe we're blessed to live in America. Amen? And, and we shouldn't feel bad about that. We should feel grateful for that. If you've got a nice house that God's blessed you with, praise God for that. It's not wrong to have nice things. As long as nice things don't have you, open it up for ministry and small group. If, if you've been blessed with Bronco season tickets, you know, that, that's great. God's blessed you in that way. Let me tell you how you can be more blessed. 
invite your pastor to go with you to one of those games. You could be more blessed. So we're not talking about giving from a guilt angle to make you feel guilty. We're also not going to talk about giving today from a greed angle. A lot of churches have talked about giving from a greed angle uh, for just for personal gain. We don't preach a prosperity gospel here at Orchard Church that if you give and if you tithe, your kids are going to always get straight A's. You're going to drive a Lexus. You're going to be president and CEO of your company. And God is going to take the calories out of your cheesecake. Praise Jesus. I, I wish I could preach that, but I can't preach that and be honest to God's word. We, because we don't give to get. We give to glorify and honor God. The one who's the giver of life and the giver of all things that we enjoy. So, so we're not going to come from a guilt angle. We're not going to come from a greed angle. Here's a third way that I believe giving in, in church has been abused, and that's a need angle. You know, a need angle. And I know some of you are thinking, oh, of course we're talking about tithing and giving. we got to pay for this building next door. Because a lot of churches, unfortunately, live like a lot of people, paycheck to paycheck. Offering to offering, Sunday to Sunday. That is not true here at Orchard Church. It's never been true for 12 years. Uh, we are in the top 10% most financially healthy churches in America. We've, we've participated in those, those studies. Um, the truth is this, honestly, we don't need your money. God has always provided for us. God has always taken care of us. So we're not talking about giving out of desperation, but of determination. We, we want to get debt free. We want to free up money instead of paying interest and financing to advance the kingdom and plant churches and support missionaries and local charities. And I want to thank all of you who have given so generously uh, for 12 years here at Orchard Church. We wouldn't be where we're at today. We wouldn't have helped over 5,000 people find Christ and 1,000 be baptized without your generosity, giving of your time and your talent and your treasure. And, and I learned this a long time ago, and I know many of you believe this as well. And, and this, is, this is why we're not, this is not a need-based message on giving. This is not my church. This is not your church. This is God's church. And Jesus Christ is the senior pastor and CEO of this church, and he will always take care of his church. He said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so this is not a guilt-based message. It's not a greed-based message. It's not a need-based message. It's, it's a Word of God, biblically-based message on the blessing of generosity. Okay? So do you feel a little better already? Just say yes, yes. Okay? Just, let's all just take a big, deep breath in and out. And turn to your neighbor and just say, relax. It's going to be okay. Just relax, all right? Hopefully you didn't breathe too strong on your neighbor when you said that, all right? So here's the thing. Here's what I want to share with you guys. Here's what I, I can't wait to tell you guys. The secret to a more blessed life is a heart of generosity and being blessable. That's the secret. The secret to a more blessed life is a heart of generosity so that we are blessable. So why aren't more people blessable? Why aren't more Christians being blessed? And I think the reason is because too many people, if we're honest, they have the wrong mindset when it comes to money and giving and tithing. And I'm going to share this morning with you two mindsets based upon a bag and a basket. Every one of you today are going to find yourself in one of these two mindsets. You either have bag mindset or you have basket mindset. And, and let's, if you're taking notes, I hope you'll take some notes this morning. First, let's talk about the bag mindset. What is the bag mindset? The bag mindset basically says there's never enough in my bag. I never seem to have enough. I can never get ahead. That's the bag mindset. And in Haggai chapter 1, that was the mindset of the nation of Israel. 
uh, they had gotten back into the promised land and the temple had been destroyed and God told them, I want you to rebuild the temple. Put my house first. Put, put me first and rebuild. But instead of focusing on God's work and God's house, they were only focused on their own stuff and their own house and they were not obeying God. And so watch what happened to them as they had the bag mindset that there's never enough. We don't have enough to do, God, what you called us to do. Haggai chapter 1 verse 2. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. The people are saying, the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. That's what they were saying. Then the Lord sent this message to the prophet Haggai to get their attention. Why are you living in luxurious houses and my house lies in ruins? If you see the problem, say yes. yes. They were only focused on their house instead of God's house and his things. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Look, you're, God's not blessing you. You're not blessable because you're only focused on your things and your stuff. Look what's happening to you. And then he kind of details it. He says, you have planted much, but you harvest what? Little. Because they're only focused on what was in their bag. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, but are still thirsty. You put on clothes, but not, cannot keep warm. They were trying to do everything for themselves without God, and it wasn't working. And watch this. Your wages... Your income disappear as though you were putting them in pockets or bags. Many translations say bags filled with holes. They didn't have pockets back then. They kept their money in bags. He says, it's like you've got your income, but it's like you put it in your pocket, you put it in a bag, and it just disappears. Some of you can relate to this. This is what the Lord of Evans army says. Look at what is happening to you. And the problem was they had bag mindset. And have you ever felt like these people in the nation of Israel? There's never enough in my bag. There's too much month left at the end of the money. You know, I, when you're about to get ahead, you think you're getting ahead, and you look at your bag, and man, the car breaks down. The water heater goes out. The kids need braces. Taxes are due. The bag mindset says, you know, there's never enough in, in my bag. And what the bag represents, the bag represents what we try to do on our own like the nation of Israel, without God. We say, well, it's you know, our job, our income, our budget, and we put our faith in what's in the bag. And the problem is, when God is left out and we have bag mindset, there's never enough. There's never enough. And I know what we do, we sometimes we say, well, you know, I would give, but my bag, my pocket has holes in it. You know, my job is uncertain, my retirement fund is, is low, I got to take care of that. My kids are getting ready to go to college. I got to pay for that. We're getting ready to go on vacation. I mean, Pastor Doug, how can you be talking about giving and tithing at a time like this? Don't you understand? There's only 62 shopping days left until Christmas. That's true. There's not enough in, in, in my bag. It's not in my, my budget. I'm trying to get out of debt. The bag mindset always says there's never enough in my bag. And the problem is we get too consumed with the bag, our bag, instead of honoring the Lord first with our giving. And that's the bag mindset, that there's never enough. And then we wonder, why are we not being blessed? Just like the nation of Israel. They're like, God, why are you not blessing us? You're not blessing our kids. You're not blessing our crops. You're not blessing our houses. You're not blessing anything. Because they were only focused on the bag. Now, here's the good news. There's a remedy to the bag mindset and that's the basket mindset, if you're taking notes. The basket. And the basket mindset, unlike the bag mindset that says there's never enough, 
The basket mindset says God always provides enough. God provides enough. And we see an example of this in Deuteronomy. Go uh, back toward the beginning of your Old Testament to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. And, and God is talking to the nation of Israel again about how he's going to bless them and take care of them and what he's going to do for them if they will obey, that they'll be blessed, they'll be blessable. Deuteronomy 28.1, watch this. God says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands, and one of his commands was to give the first and best to God. Keep all of his commands that I'm giving you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience, help me out church, all these what? Blessings. If, if you obey the Lord your God. This is the opposite of the bag mindset. If you obey, you'll experience all these blessings. And then he details all these blessings that they weren't experiencing in Haggai, but you can experience in Deuteronomy 28. He says your towns and your fields will be blessed. So whether you live in the country or you live in the city, you can be blessed when you put God first. Your children and your crops, your income will be blessed. How many parents would say, I want my children to be blessed? He's telling you how. He says, your children will be blessed, your crops, your income will be blessed, the offspring of your herds and your flocks will be blessed. Watch this. Your fruit, what? Baskets. There it is. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. I love this. Verse 6. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be what, church? You'll be blessed. I don't know about you guys, but I want to live in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Wherever you go, whatever you do, You'll be blessed. Your house will be blessed. Your home will be blessed. Your kids will be blessed. Your grandkids will be blessed. Your job will be blessed. Your health will be blessed. He says, if you will obey me. You see, the bag mindset says there's never enough in my bag. But the basket mindset believes that God always provides enough. That if we honor the Lord with our gifts, our tithes, and our offerings, that he will bless us. He will provide for us. He will take care of us. He will meet our needs. All we have to do is trust him. The bag is trusting in ourself. The basket is trusting in God. Which mindset are we going to have? Bag mindset or basket mindset? Are we going to be blessable or are we not going to be blessable? Jesus talked about this. Listen, listen to Jesus' words. Jesus talked about this in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. And he gave us a, a, an illustration and a metaphor of the basket. And what's the first word? Give. Give and you will receive. Now, we a lot of times give this back, get this backwards. Well, if I receive, then I'll give. No, no, that's not how it works. That's not faith. God says we give and then we'll receive a blessing. Your gift will return to you in full. And then he gives us some imagery here. He says, here's how I'm going to bless you. It's going to return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make what? Room for more. Not just blessed, but more blessed. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Now, Jesus was talking to an agrarian society. They, they lived off the land. It was agriculture. And he's using this basket as an illustration. And what they would do is they would have day laborers. They would have a basket, and they would work in the field, and they would go and put the harvest in the basket, and then they would dump it, and they would do this all day long. And it would get very tiring. Their basket was much bigger than this basket, okay? This is a Pastor doug size basket, okay? <laughs> they had a big basket. And so when they would be working in the fields all day long and they would fill this with grain, 
they would fill it like half full or two-thirds full because they had to carry it and dump it and do this all day. But at the end of the day, if there was a very generous master and owner of the land, he would allow them to go back into the field. He would allow the poor people in the cities to go into the field and fill one basket to take home to feed their family and provide for their family. How do you think they filled that basket? It wasn't half full. It wasn't two-thirds full. It was running over. They would put some grain in, and then they would push it and press it down, and they would shake it together and make room for more. They'd pack it down, and man, they would get as much grain as they could possibly get, and then they would carry that basket home for their family. That's how, that, that's how they would be blessed. Now, if you don't understand the basket illustration of that, you guys can understand it this way. You've done this. You've gone into 7-Eleven to get a Slurpee. And you fill that thing up, you know, you put the top on it, and then you pack it down because there's a lot of air in there, and you, you get a little bit more in there, and you fill it up, and then you make sure the worker's not looking, you take a couple of slurps, don't tell me you don't do that, <laughs> I know you do, and you fill that thing, man, where it's shooting out the top, and you're like, yeah, I got my Slurpee. And, and listen, Jesus gives us this illustration that when we put him first, when we give, then we receive. And we don't just receive a little. We don't just receive, receive half. We receive pressed down, shaken together, making room for more, overflowing. Because we have a God that doesn't want to just bless us. He wants us to be more blessed. That's how good our God and our master is. That there's more than enough. And that he provides more than enough. And, and listen, when we talk about God blessing us and being blessable, do not limit God to money. Sometimes it includes finances, but sometimes God blesses us with things that money can't buy, Amen. like peace and joy and love, and God blesses us physically and spiritually and emotionally. Don't, don't just limit this to money. It can be that, but it can be so many more things. And how is it that we can receive a basket full of blessing where we're more blessed? Deuteronomy 28.2 says that you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. If you trust Him. If you give, then you will receive the blessing. And I know what we say sometimes, well, I would give to God if He would bless me first. No, that's not faith. I believe when we talk about giving and tithing and finances, we're really not talking about money. We're talking about faith. We're talking about who do we trust? Who do we trust? Basket mindset says, I believe that if I give to God first, if I tithe, if I give my first 10%, that God will take care of my basket and take care of the other 90%. Because I've learned this, many of you have learned this in your life, that it's a lot easier to live on 90% blessed by God than try to live on 100% that's not blessed by God. And some of you have experienced that, and some of you need to experience that. We want you to experience that. It's not about what we want from you. It's about what we want for you. And bag mindset says, here, God, here is my tithe. Here is my gift. And I believe that you're going to always provide enough in my basket. Let me say it this way. Get it in your notes this way. When we give our first and best, the rest is blessed. Amen? When we give God our first and best, the rest is blessed. Let's say that together, church. When we give our first and best, the rest is blessed. That's what we're talking about. 
Let me take the rest of our time and let me answer some common questions that I receive on a regular basis about giving and tithing. Okay, I want to give God my first and my best so the rest will be blessed, but, but what does that look like? What's the amount? Here's some questions that I receive. You have them in your notes. Does the Bible teach a specific amount to start giving? Well, I think the logical place to start is where God starts in the Bible, and this is what the Bible says. Our number one value here at Orchard Church is what does the Bible say, and it's very clear. This is one of many scriptures. Leviticus 27.30 says this. What's the first word? One-tenth. Let's kind of two words together. One-tenth, which is uh, a tithe. It comes from the Greek word ma'aser. It's a mathematical term. Tithe means tenth. One-tenth or ten percent. That's where it comes from. One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, however you receive your income, belongs to who, church? And that's the key right there. The tithe, the first ten percent of our income doesn't even belong to us. It belongs to the Lord. He entrusted it to us to see if we'll have enough faith to obey Him. And give back to him what belongs to him. One tenth, ten percent belongs to the Lord, and it must be set apart to him as holy. This is why we don't give our tithe to the Lord, we return the tithe to the Lord. We don't give our tithe to the Lord, we bring our tithe to the one it belongs to in the first place. The first tenth, the first ten percent. And what's amazing is every statistic I've ever seen that in America, American Christianity, the most blessed nation in the world, that the average American Christian who knows the Bible only gives about 2 to 3% of their income on a yearly basis. The truth is, in America, if we're keeping it real, there's a lot of tippers, but not a lot of tithers. God doesn't call us to be tippers. He calls us to be tithers. That's the, I didn't come up with that amount. I didn't set that amount. God set that amount. It's not a fifth, it's not a twentieth, it's a tenth. That's what the tithe is. So God provides the beginning place for our giving as 10% of our income to the Lord. Here's a question, where should the tithe, this 10%, be given? You know, should we give it to the church? Can we give it to a friend in need? Can we give it to a charity? Well, again, what does the Bible say? Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 is very specific. It says, bring all the what? Tithes, that would be that 10%, 10% into the storehouse. That's the key word, that there may be food in my house. In the Old Testament, the storehouse was the temple, the place of worship where everyone would gather. We today as New Testament Christians don't go to a temple to worship. We come to local churches. And most scholars believe that today the New Testament local church is the representation of the Old Testament storehouse. So whatever your local church family is, that's where God asks you to bring the tithe of the Lord to the local church. Now, an offering is anything over and above a tithe. The Bible talks about tithes and offerings. We don't even begin to give an offering until we've first given the tithe. The offering many times is referred to in the Bible as a free will offering. So once we're giving the tithe, the 10% to God's church, the local church, we can give an offering wherever God leads us to, to help a friend or a charity in need, those things. If that makes sense, say yes. Okay, That's what the Bible says. Now, here's something you need to know. Here at Orchard Church, if you just tithe, and that's it. You don't do anything else. Not only are you helping advance the ministry of helping people find and follow Jesus through this church, but we tithe off the tithe. Last year, we tithed over $200,000 to local and worldwide evangelism and missions as a church. Last year alone, off of your tithe. So when you tithe, 
You're helping missionaries spread the gospel. You're helping local charities. We, we support the Denver Rescue Mission, Almost Home. Uh, we have a, a pregnancy center. We just took on a Community Uplift Partnership Cup down in Commerce City. And we're always adding things. So when you tithe, we tithe off your tithe. And you're helping with all those other things as well. Did you know this? That since this church was birthed 12 years ago, we have supported and partnered in helping plant 13 other churches other than this church because of your faithful generosity, tithing off the tithe. So here's another question. Should I tithe? We get this question a lot. Should I tithe on my net or gross income? Well, do you want a net blessing or a gross blessing? I like a gross blessing, but you know, actually the Bible is very clear on this, I believe. Proverbs 3.9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth with the what? First fruits of all your crops, the first fruit of your income. Does that sound like net or gross? It sounds like gross. I mean, and this is the way I look at it. If Uncle Sam gets to take off the top, I want to make sure God's taken off the top. I want to make sure God is first. Because again, when we give our first and best to God, the rest is blessed. God provides enough in our basket. But what is it that will keep us from giving the first 10% to the Lord through our local church to help people find and follow Jesus and to fulfill that mission. What will keep us from it? Bag mindset. Thinking there's never enough in my bag. There's never enough. And I, I want to ask you, will you allow God to stretch your faith today and the next week, the coming months, from bag mindset to basket mindset? Going from there's never enough to God always provides enough. And so for many of you, that may be, you know, we need to start tithing. We know what the Bible says. We've known what the Bible says. Maybe you're hearing it for the first time. But we're going to give God our first and best and believe that the rest is blessed. And for many of you here at Orchard that are tithing, thank you. God bless you. You're making the ministry of this church possible. We've seen over 5,000 people accept Christ and 1,000 baptized in the last 12 years. And you have had a part in that. Can we celebrate that, church? But many of you have not only been faithful in your tithe, you've given an offering over and above your tithe. Um, especially in the last couple of years as we have been trying to build the building next door because the only reason for a facility is to better facilitate ministry and our mission to help people find and follow Jesus. And so we started our three-year legacy campaign over and above our tithes and regular offerings uh, to help build that building that we're getting ready to move into. And we're getting ready to come up to our two-year anniversary. Uh, Sunday, November 5th, just in a couple of weeks, will be our two-year anniversary of our three-year campaign. And I'm going to ask you guys to do this if you would. Just take these commitment cards out. These are our two-year anniversary anniversary cards. And we're not asking you to fill these out today or turn them in. We just want you to see them, be praying about them um, this week, the next couple of weeks. We're going to receive these again like we did last year at our one-year anniversary. So one more time, this is our two years. This will be the last time we do this. Uh, we're going to ask you to let us know where you are in your commitment of the legacy campaign. And so on here, you can see some options. If you have committed in the past toward the campaign and you would say, you know, we're going to fulfill our commitment, then just check that box, turn it in. We know that you're on track. That'll help us uh, with budgeting. If you, God has blessed you to the point that you can increase your commitment. We've had 28 people who've already fulfilled their three-year commitment, and some of them have given over and above their commitment. And we praise God for that. So if God's blessed you in that way, then you can check that box. And then for many of you, you may want to pray about joining the legacy campaign. You say, do I have to start all over at three years? We're just asking you to join us for the last year. So you got like two years for free, all right? You weren't here. But we're asking, would you pray about considering joining us for the last year? We have over 400 people that are new to Orchard that now consider Orchard Church their church home since we launched the Legacy Building Campaign uh, two years ago. 
And so we're going to invite you to be a part of what God's doing, to help more people find and follow Jesus, to know that when we move into that building in a few short weeks, that, man, we, we have a part in this, and we have a part of the lives being changed. And so we're going to ask some of you to pray about joining in the Legacy Campaign for the last year. What would God lay on your heart to do over and above your, your tithes as an offering? Um, as we move into this building. Let me, let me give you this update about Legacy. We've had over 420 adults, teenagers, and kids give $1.5 million toward the Legacy Building campaign in the last two years. Can we praise God for that? And because of the good financial stewardship of our finances and operating about 30 to 40% under budget for 12 years, we're going to move into that building and we have paid $4 million in cash that we did not have to take out a loan on, on that building. $4 million. And you guys have been a part of that. What, it, what that means is because we're not rolling that $4 million into the loan, we're, we are going to save over $2 million in interest alone already. That, that equates to like 10 new church plants. Because it takes about $200,000 a year to, to plant a church. So thank you. We've seen God already do incredible things. But we, we believe God can even do more amazing things. And we can be a part of it. So here's what we're asking you guys to pray about. As we get ready to have our two-year anniversary in, in two weeks on the 5th, we're going to take a special offering that day. And if you've been giving to the Legacy Campaign and you're planning to, to keep your commitment the last the, the third year, if, if you can, not everybody can, but if you can pay out your third year in one lump sum now and be completed, then that would be such a blessing because then we don't have to roll that into the loan. We can put that down against the building. Like if you're moving to a new house, you want to put as much down payment as possible because that frees up more money for ministry. And again, we're not asking this out of desperation but determination because we want to get that building paid for. And we believe we can have that building paid for instead of 20 years, that's the life of our loan, in about 10 years. Would that be okay, Orchard Church? If that was completely, if we were completely debt-free... And so we're asking you to help us. I think this makes sense to you. And so maybe you're here and you're new and you say, you know, I could do a one-time special gift. Instead of, you know, doing something all year for a year, I can do a one-time special gift. That would be great too. If you can't do that and you want to just do it for the last year, that's fine. But we're, we're at about $1.55 million that's been received. We would love to hit $2 million uh, received. That's about another four hundred thousand um, dollars in two weeks on that Sunday. We believe that can happen, and so you pray about that, consider that, in, or joining us in our legacy campaign. And we want to see God do amazing things through that. We believe if we sell the land, we've got some people interested that we can have this paid off. And let me tell you this: there's a way, believe it or not, that that building, the land's already been paid for. We paid cash, so we bought it. There's a way that that building, it's a thirteen million dollar building with everything in it, the furniture, the fixtures, the equipment, we believe that that building could be completely paid for in about three years. Some of y'all are like, what are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> how, how, how could that happen? It's really very easy. It's really simple. And all it takes is obedience to do the one thing that God has already told all of us to do. If everyone, we've done the math on this every which way, if everyone that considers Orchard Church their church home, this is your church family, just tithe and that's it. Didn't even do legacy, didn't even do any offerings, just tithe, that building would be completely paid for in about three years. That's the power of what happens when we just do what God has asked us to do. And it's a win-win. It's a win for the advancement of the kingdom and it's a win-win for us because when we give our first and best, the rest is blessed. 
Let me give you the rest of Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 as we wrap this up this morning. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my house to take care of God's work. And if you do, here's how it benefits all of us individually. Says the Lord of heaven's army, I will open up the windows of heaven for who? For you. And I will pour out what, church? A blessing. A blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. It's going to be overflowing. And then God says something at the end of this verse, and it's in conjunction, in connection with tithing, that he doesn't say anywhere else in the Bible. God says, if you do this, I'll bless you. And then he says, try it. Put me to the test. That's the only place in all the Bible where God says to test him and to try him. And it's the area of tithing. That if we give God our first and best, the rest will be blessed. And something we've done for several years when we talk about this once a year at Orchard Church is called a 90-day tithe challenge. And I'm going to ask some of you to pray about joining us in a 90-day tithe challenge for the next 90 days. And what it means is you're going to give God your first and best, the first 10% to God, believing the rest will be blessed, believing it's easier to live on 90% blessed than 100% that's not for the next 90 days. And if you, this is your local church home, that you give it through this, this local church. Now, there's a catch. There's always a catch. But this is a good catch. If you start tithing for 90 days, and at any point in those 90 days, you don't believe God is blessing you in any way, you call our office, let us know. We will return every penny that you've given in those 90 days. No questions asked. No questions asked. That's how much we believe in this. This is how much we've seen God do miraculous things through this. But we're going to ask you to sign up. Here's how you sign up. We don't even need your name. But we want to ask you to take out your connection card, if God is asking you to do this, to take the 90-day tithe challenge. And on your connection card, simply give us your email address. And then on that other line somewhere, just write 90-day tithe challenge. You're signed up. Why do you go, ah, you want my email because you're going to bug me. No. We're going to welcome you. I'm going to send you a, a welcome email to our 90-day tithe challenge. We're going to put you on a list because here's what's going to happen. As God shows up in radical ways and he's true and honest to his word and his promise and he blesses you, email me those stories and then I'm going to, I'll take your name off of it and we'll send those out to everybody taking the 90-day tithe challenge so we can all celebrate and enjoy the blessings of what God is doing. Amen? And we, every time we do this, we have incredible stories of God showing up in miraculous ways. And it's not always just financially. It can be lots of different ways. And that's why I want your email. We're also going to offer you a little book. It's called Treasure Principle. We'll give that to you free. It'll encourage you along the way. And so if you feel like God's leading you to do this, you sign up today. Give us your email. I'll put 90-Day Tithe Challenge. Just drop that in the offering bucket, and, and you're, you're signed up. Right now, as you're, you're praying about that, I want you to watch a short video of a lady in our church that signed up for the 90-Day Tithe challenge a couple of years ago and how God met her needs when she went from bag mindset to basket mindset. So I began tithing faithfully um, almost a year ago. I was at a service that Pastor Doug was doing uh, regarding tithing and the 90 Day Tithe Challenge. I felt extremely convicted to, um, to do this challenge. And so I filled out the card and just decided to try it, to try it out. But the timing of it is very significant of that service because it was at the beginning of, um, of the most difficult time in my life, hands down. 
my marriage was failing and and I knew that um, that, that was going to happen. I knew that I was heading for a divorce. On top of that, um, I had fallen back into some of my old habits of, of drinking alcohol to cover up the pain that I was feeling from all the emotions. I just wanted to numb, just be numb. I mean, I saw what was happening in my future. I knew that we were heading for a divorce. I needed a clear mind. I needed to be a good mother for my kids. Um, I needed to be the woman that God wanted me to be. The time of that service, of the tithing, um, I was probably about, say about four weeks sober, three or four weeks sober. So my mind was clearer and I was, um, just getting closer to him every day. I didn't know how it was gonna work. I didn't know how I was gonna tie 10%. I was just starting my cleaning company back up again. So it wasn't an established company. And uh, I just put it in his hands. I literally, it, it was all faith. I had to step out in that faith. I would pray and I would pray and I would pray. And every single time I'd pray, every time, about this, um, about my finances, and about my future, with in that aspect of my business, God answered them right away. One day I was driving um, driving home and I was just like crying out to God saying, please just show me that you're here with me on this. Like do something, help me, just, just show me that you're with me on this. And um, I pulled into a 7-Eleven to go in and grab something and I came out of the 7-Eleven and I looked down and there was a $2 bill um, on the ground by the trash can. I mean, $2 bill? You don't usually see a $2 bill. I was like, okay, okay, thank you. And another time I was sitting in my office I was praying the same prayer, and I prayed, God, just just please show me that you're with me. Please show me that you're with me here. The second I stopped praying, my phone rang, and it was um, the church office, Orchard Church office, saying that they needed to hire my, wanted to hire my cleaning company for some stuff that they had going on at their office. Every time uh, I get a little nervous, I, my phone rings. Someone calls for the, more work. Or it's, just, it's just working out. He's doing it. He's going before me. When I feel like it's starting to get a little bit slow, and I get a little bit nervous, um, I'll get a phone call. Um, I'll get a phone call and somebody, you know, word of mouth or something, and then that will take care of my budget for the week or what I what I need to make for that week. Uh, and it just keeps happening week after week like that. So that's how he's mostly showing me that uh, he's that he's got it and that he knows what I need. He's meeting my needs. He's meeting my needs. And there's you know there's days where I'm still I'm, I, I get nervous still. I'm just human, and it's easy to kind of take that back. Um, and think, wait, maybe you don't have control. It's easy to, for us as humans to think that, but every time he's doing it. Praise God for that story of somebody becoming blessable. Please bow for prayer with me right now with your heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. I just want to ask you again, will you allow God today and this week maybe the next 90 days, to stretch your faith from bag mentality to basket mentality. And again, listen, Orchard, I want you to hear my heart on this. This is not about what we want from you. It's about what we want for you. We want you to be blessable. We want you to be more blessed. And can I just ask you right now, can I pray for some of you? If you'd say, you know what? God has spoken to me through this message today. I want to be more blessed. I want to be blessable. And this is an area that I know I need to make some adjustments in to be obedient to God. Can I pray for you this morning? Would you slip up your hand in honesty all across the auditorium? God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your honesty. Let me pray for you. Father, I just lift up those this morning. Lord, that you have, have spoken in their heart through your word. And Lord, I pray that they would just take that step of faith, that they would try it, that they would put you to the test, and that they would enjoy the blessings that you've promised when we give our first and best, that the rest will be blessed.
and that you would just do incredible and miraculous things in their life, that, that this wouldn't be about money, but they would look back at this time in their life and say, you know, that was where God met my needs, provided enough, and blessed in ways beyond what I could ever even imagine, and grew my faith and trust in Him. Let's continue in an attitude of prayer right now with heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. You know, God would never ask us to do something that He hasn't already done. And our God is the most generous giver ever. The Bible says that when we were hopeless and helpless in our sin, for God so loved the world that He gave. And He gave the most precious gift He could give, His one and only Son, that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. And if you're here today, you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. God is not interested in your money today. He's not interested in your finances. He's interested in you. He's interested in your life. He's interested in your, in your heart. And He has provided the gift of salvation. He has given that to you, and all you have to do is receive it by faith. And maybe today's the day. Today's the time that you say yes to Jesus, and you receive that gift of salvation from the most generous giver ever. If that's you today, you know, you say, well, how do I receive that gift? The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And the way we call on God is through prayer. And so right now, I'm going to pray a prayer out loud, and I'm going to invite some of you to pray it with me from your heart to God's. It's not a magic prayer. These are not magic words that we say. But if when you pray this prayer, it's from your heart to God, and you believe it, and you mean it in faith, then you can receive the gift of salvation today. If that's you today, would you pray this with me? It goes like this. Jesus I believe in you. I believe you died for me to take away my sins. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you. Thank you. Just continue an attitude of prayer. No one looking around. I don't want to embarrass anybody. I never want to do that. But if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, I'd love the privilege to pray for you. So right now, could, would you just slip up your hand so I can pray for you if you prayed that prayer with me? God bless you, sir. God bless you, young man. God bless you, young man. God bless you here. God bless you, ma'am, here. God bless you, sir. Right here. God bless you. Two or three people up top. God bless you. Amen. Over here. Amen. God bless you over here. Amen. Amen. Many hands. If I didn't see your hand, it's okay. God sees your heart. But let me pray for you. Father, we just pray and we lift up all those that have said yes to you today in the first and second service and those who will in the third. And we just praise you. We thank you for their decision today. We pray that they would grow in their walk and relationship with you from this day forward and that we would be reminded that when we give to you, we're giving back to the one who has given everything to us, who owns it all in the first place. And we do believe that when we give our first and best, the rest will be blessed. And we welcome those who have said yes to you as Lord and Savior into the family of God as our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we celebrate their incredible life change decision today. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate big time those accepting Christ today? God bless you guys. Amen. If you made that decision to follow Jesus today, we do celebrate with you and we applaud your courage because that is a courageous decision.
to follow Jesus. It's the most important decision that any of us could ever make. And our role as a church is to walk alongside you, to encourage you, and help guide you in that journey of faith. So in that vein, I'm going to ask you, if you made that decision to follow Jesus today, to do one more courageous thing before you leave this auditorium today. And in your newsletter, there's a connection card. I want you to take that out. Give us your basic contact information. Check on the back that you made the decision to follow Jesus today. Drop that in the offering bucket here in a minute, and that'll allow you allow us to send you a booklet in the mail that will help you in your next steps to follow Jesus. So please do that. If you're a first-time guest today, I hope you've also filled out that connection card, and we'll drop it in the offering bucket at the end of service because we have a small gift to send you just as a thank you for choosing to worship with us today. And if you are new to Orchard and you haven't had the opportunity to meet Pastor Doug yet, we invite you to do so. He will be out by the blue tent at the end of service, so please make sure you stop by and say hello to him. But for now, if you will please stand as we close in a song of worship and we worship with our tithes and offerings because we are a church who acts our wage by giving first, saving second, and living on the rest. God bless you, Orchard. We love you.